is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, September 20th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number. 24, welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, we get to rehash the very first Cowboys win of the season. Cowboys win 2017 to the L.A. Chargers uh, at a really great stadium. And probably even more of a great stadium for the Cowboys. Uh, when you when you look at that stadium, Nick, I was mentioning to you, I thought it looked like an AT&T Stadium 2.0 because there were so many things about it that remind me of AT&T Stadium. But the other part that reminded me of AT&T Stadium is there are a lot of Cowboys fans there. A ton of Cowboys fans there. Yeah. There's a reason Jerry Jones gets so excited about L.A. and playing yeah. on the West Coast. He knows he knows who's out there. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there is no, uh, there's no mistaking the fact that the Cowboys spend every summer out in California because that builds over time. That builds fans. Imagine right? the behind-the-scenes conversations where Jerry's like, yeah, we need teams in L.A. We need to showcase this place, and I'll dominate the venue every time we come. It's <laughs> right. going to be awesome. Nick, you actually had an interesting point you were making about the uh, about the the on the radio this morning. Yeah. You were making about the, the crowd. Well, I thought, you know, at first I thought, man, they, they didn't. NFL didn't do them any favors, the right. Chargers, by putting, you know, the, the Cowboys for their first game with fans. But you know, really, when you, when you think about it, and I also kind of heard through the grapevine, you know, they they don't they didn't sell all their suites, and they had a hard time. They're having a hard time. We know that, but they have a hard time with their with their fan base just generating fans. And by the way, they're they're battling another team. They're battling in the another market, team. So both of them are brand new. To the market. A team yeah. that's been in LA yeah. for you know for years back in the you know back in the day. And so uh, you know, I thought, well, maybe maybe they did it on purpose. You know, because you think about it, you take this big global picture and it's like a lot of blue you know silver a lot of light blue all that but it's gonna look it's gonna look blend in it's gonna look great it's gonna look full and all that i mean imagine if they put the chiefs in there for for you know week <laughs> you know week two but like why is there all like, that red yeah why is all this on? red in there so um it's just i just thought well maybe you know that that maybe they did that on purpose you know yeah. to, to have a great venue there and it was it was a great atmosphere you're yeah. in there listening to it it was it was like a bowl game to me. It yeah. was just 50-50, 60-40, whatever it is. I think the Cowboys had more fans. I, I, really, I mean, really, I think, and they were definitely louder if, if there wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those games where uh, you look at it, and as you're as you're watching the game, you can't really get. We couldn't get a real appreciation for just how loud the crowd was because obviously in the press box it's a little walled off but there were moments that you would hear go let's go Cowboys let's go Cowboys and so it very much was a game that felt like it was a a, a, a little bit of a home advantage for the Cowboys absolutely I mean you, you should have expected it I I did my writing from the hotel bar last night I met a guy <laughs> yeah wow, that's how you do some writing that's yeah. what I'm talking yeah about. I, I, I like the energy I like, yeah. you know I like having people around um, anyway I met a guy shout out to Dallas from Bakersfield, he bought Dallas from Bakersfield. He bought season tickets. Oh no! Just for that game, 
Charger season Wait. tickets. Charger season wow, tickets. Wow, that's commitment right there. Sold off the rest of them and made a nice profit and still oh, yeah. got to go to the there game. You go. I was like, that's dedication and smart. That's the American way. Way right? to go, buddy. Yeah. You're going to get emails for the rest of your life, hey. but that's okay. <laughs> Cowboys will be back in eight years. You don't know. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, no. That, well, maybe sooner now that they play more games. Who that knows? so that we'll and also you know that's a that's a really good preseason game. Yeah. You know, because I mean it's good to go down to LA from from Oxnard, but you don't always want to play the Rams because you're gonna sometimes play them in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I could see them trying to play the Chargers in preseason on that first game. You know, yeah, or Vegas or you know something like that. Feel like we're burying the lead here. Let's talk about the game. All right, so let's do this. I want to start with this. I want you each to give me one big picture uh, story of the game. If you're going to remember week two of 2021, what is that memory point? What is that one thing that you'll remember from this game? Let's start with you, Dave. Two two things that kind of go hand in hand. One, I can't. I, I've lost track over the years of the number of times that. I've sat in the bowels of a stadium after the Cowboys lost and been like, ah, they just they just shot themselves in the foot too many times. Like they shouldn't have lost this game and they did and it's their own fault. Mm-hmm. And that's how the Chargers felt yesterday and they should. I mean, that's and it was so it was bizarre but in a weird way encouraging that the Cowboys were on the other hand of that. It's like you're not always going to have a perfect game. You're not always going to just outplay the opponent. But if you're more disciplined and, and cleaner, less penalties, don't Even have – a little bit cleaner, yeah. Just a li- yeah, because the Cowboys did not play like a great game. Yeah. But they, were, they didn't have two touchdowns taken away because of miscues at the snap. Right. And that stuff mattered. And so it was surreal for the Cowboys to be the quote-unquote cleaner team that kind of snuck out with a win. Mm. Same thing. We talk about complimentary football to the point that I don't think we even know what it means anymore. <laughs> but this was that. This was the, this was the team lifting itself up. Because the formula for Cowboy wins over the last three years has just been if the offense is clicking and scoring points, they can do enough to get by. This is the first time, I believe, since the wild card game win against Seattle that they've won a game when they didn't score 30 points. They haven't wow. been. They haven't been able to do it. That's amazing. <laughs> they haven't been able to do it, and so for you know, it wasn't an amazing DAC game. The offense was not lighting up the scoreboard. Special teams was sloppy. A lot of it was sloppy, and they managed to win a very like SEC type of score, twenty seventeen, not super high flying like maybe we thought, and they still eked it out, and that's that's impressive because that you got to win those clunky games because they're not you're not always going to have your best effort. So. That's important, and it felt big to me. Nick? I thought, you know, we, we asked Dan Quinn to figure it out. That's what we said to do. I mean, you know, you you don't know who your pass rushers are. You're, both of them are, st- are out. Both starters are out. Figure out how to how to get these guys in, involved. And, and, you know, he did. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you after, after basically complaining about it for, you know, the first half and third quarter that I thought it was a bad move with Parsons. It's hard to come back oh, now. Nick was killing me, man. Nick was killing me. I didn't like it. Parts of that game. You hated it. I didn't like it. You absolutely hated it. No, no, at, at all. And I, I thought, you know, I thought they were wasting Parsons. I thought they were, and they did for the first half. They did. I mean, he got 19 passes and he rushed it 19 times and got two two rushes. I thought they were wasting him. He got better. They also realized, don't mess with Rashawn Slater. Like that ain't happening. Come over this side. And also the side that 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 Herbert can see, and then you know he he can't roll the way he wants to roll. So Parsons did a nice job of figuring it out. And you got to give hey, I'm going to give Jalen Smith some credit. I thought he played a really good game for for having to 
that's not his thing to go cover the Austin Eckler and all that. And he, he did a pretty good job in that game, led the team in tackles. I would have flipped it myself. I would have rushed somebody else and let Parsons be the guy. But, I mean, there's some people right now that are thinking that he's never going to move back. I mean, Those people, I think, are sorely mistaken. There's no way that he's going to be playing defensive end for this team long term. I don't think. Oh, man. Well, it's weird, too, because I don't even – I don't even think that he played defensive end. You know, like he he was a pass rush specialist. Like he didn't put his hand in the dirt. He had some nice plays against the run. What? You, you, wait, he he did. There were there were some times when he was literally lined up as a hand in the dirt defensive end. He was there to as a pass rush specialist. It just it's not the same as watching Demarcus Lawrence do his thing, in my opinion, at least. Like they were just like, "All right, you know how you know enough moves to get yourself through the game. You're super athletic. Just get out there and get after." Why Herbert. didn't they that's, run at him more? That's what I was. Good question. That's, question I, that's I my point. Well. Is like, as amazing as he was, like he is not this like well-rounded defensive end right. who's going to hold up the way that because somebody like Demarcus Lawrence would. Eckler and the way that they play on offense, I think. I mean, that's that's what figuring it out is. It's like we can do this against. The Chargers, maybe not against other teams because they're going to, you know, be, play more power football at him. But they they figured it out, and you know, I thought I thought that series was changed the whole game when he when he got that quote sack. Which, if I'm a Charger fan, I'm absolutely livid and pissed off about that call because that that call lost the game for him. The keeping Herbert upright, saying that his momentum stopped, and they they called a sack. I thought that was a terrible call, and it worked for the Cowboys because I don't. They don't do that to other people. Mm-hmm. They don't do that to to Mahomes. They don't do that to Lamar Jackson. They don't do that to Dak. You know, let Herbert be an athlete, and he's up there fending him off and throws it. That's an incomplete pass. And I, yeah, they don't have the in the grass rule no, anymore. I, mean, I, I thought up on that rule, but they I don't can't have believe that, that call. Anymore. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, but I will say it's nice. It's nice that the way they go, to, they go out of their way to protect the quarterback, and it's nice to see it benefit a defense right. for once because they make it so hard to do your job as a defender, especially getting after the quarterback. Well, and you know my complaint. I've complained about it for years. In no other place in football or in life can you hit anyone in the face and it be okay unless you have a ball in your hand. If you have a ball in your hand and Michael Parsons comes up and you can hit him in the face, no big deal. That's fine. So he was doing that and all that, so it was kind of like, well, that's the call then. The point I was going to make before we got into the semantics of what he was doing is – I don't know how you don't want that available to you at least some of the time from here on out. Mm-hmm. Because And I hear you, Jalen Smith's not closing on Justin Herbert like no. that. That's one of the most no. amazing things I've seen on a football field. You're in right about memory. that. Exactly right. The way, like, he was 12 yards away from Herbert, and in the blink of an eye. No, you're right. He was on. I, mean, it, yeah. I can't say enough about how incredible I thought that was. Like, we say shot out of a cannon all the time. It was yeah. maybe more impressive than that. And I'm so I'm just like, if he can do that against an athlete like but, Herbert, he could really it, come in handy against a less mobile quarterback. You're right. It, but what my point was in the first half, there was a lot of just going up there and, you know, it was a lot of family reunion hugging style. It was just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Oh, especially, and... That's it. I'm and like, I'm, well, not, I'm not... Bl- like, Lamar I'm, could do this. He ain't he ain't Von Miller. And I, you know, Storm Norton was what we thought Terrence Steele might be in this game. I right. mean, he was Waldo. He's getting pushed around. He, yeah. he He's going to have nightmares about Micah for weeks. Yeah. Um, and it's Lane Johnson next week. I have a feeling it'll be a little bit of a different story. Right. So, yeah, I'm not... 
Randy. He, ain't, he ain't Lawrence Taylor yet. Randy but will be the back. I, the way I look at all that is, look, this is a guy that that found out on Thursday. What right? He right. said at his first yeah. game press conference. Thursday he finds out in his second NFL start he is actually going to be playing a different position. And I think when you put it in that context, like I think he played extremely well at that position. Now here's the thing: the reason why I say it's ludicrous to think he's going to be a defensive end is because, kind of what you were saying, Dave. I look at a guy like that and I say, okay, if he's got that ability to do that on a Thursday's notice and I already have seen what he can do at linebacker, I want him to be doing a lot of different things in Mm -hmm. the game. I want defenses to not know where he's coming from. So this play, yeah, he might line up with his hand in the dirt and rush as a defensive end. The next play, he might be in the middle and come up the middle. Next play, he might be back covering in, 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 in pass coverage. Like. We know he, we've seen him do all those things between training camp and now. We've seen him do all those things. I'd rather have him just be a guy that runs around the field, and I can use him however I choose to use him on a given play. He is. The, he said it at training camp. He's the queen in a chess set. Yeah, you can go everywhere and do everything. Yeah. And that, yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I I firmly believe. For as impressive and athletic as he is, I think he that would be a mismatch against a better offensive tackle. I mean, Slater stonewalled him. Yeah. And so I don't think you want to waste him doing that all 60 snaps, snaps of a game. But it's nice to know it's there. Yeah. It's very nice it to some. know it's yeah, there. Right? All right, so here's what I want to do. I'm gonna We're actually going to take our first break real quick. But when we come back, I'm actually going to go through all of the things that we talked about on Friday, the storylines that we talked about, and I want to see how they turned out. Uh, we'll talk about what your guys, what you guys' thoughts are on, on those storylines and what happened in the game based upon what we were wondering about or thinking about heading into the game. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys Way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys Way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. 
Head to AT&T Stadium on Sunday, September 26th to experience the first rally day of the season presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on the Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, autographs from the Cowboys cheerleaders, Dallas Cowboys alumni, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and more. Check out the brand new Miller Lighthouse and get excited for kickoff on Monday. Visit ATTStadium.com for tickets and more information. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' win uh, over the Los Angeles Chargers. They went twenty to seventeen in Week Two of the NFL season. Has uh, now pulled them uh, into a tie in first place in the division. It's very early to be saying that, but uh, the Eagles, after their loss, are now one and one. Uh, Washington football team, after their wins, now one and one, and then obviously the Giants pulling up the rear at zero and two. We'll talk more about that big picture stuff tomorrow, but. Here's what we're going to do for now. We're going to talk about the storylines. On Friday, if you remember, we went through a a whole list of storylines on the offense, defense, and special teams. What we thought uh, would be the things that would actually define what happened in this game. And so I wanted to go back and revisit those things and see how a lot of them turned out. Let's start first on the offensive side of the ball. We talked about Lyle being replaced by Terrence Steele, uh, and he'd be facing Joey Bosa. Uh, and the question I have for you guys it was, is Dak good enough that this doesn't affect their ability to move the ball? So I want to talk about both things. I want to talk about first, Dak Prescott. He was 23 of 27 for 237 yards, two sacks, one interception, and 87.8 rating. How did Dak play in your opinion? It was a game manager. Again, that's nothing bad. I mean, bus driver type player uh, for this game. And please, don't don't go at me on that. That I think that's a great thing. Tom Brady is a bus driver, and he he drives the hell out of it, and he's been doing it forever. He manages the game. There's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what he did. He had one bad throw he'd like to take back. But I thought for the most part, when it got down to, to nut-cutting time, he was going to do it. If you needed a 36-yard field goal, he would have done it. If you needed 46, 56, he got it at 56. But he he did what he had to do. I thought he I thought he played a really good, smart game. Again, one interception for the most part. Could have had a touchdown if he would have saw Amari down the left sideline. Instead, threw it to Jarwin. They scored anyways. I thought he played great. I can't believe how similar this game was to the season opener against the Rams last year who were coached on defense by Brandon Staley. I don't think that's a coincidence. Uh, same score. And uh, I pulled up Dax. Different fans. Different fan. Yeah, I mean, it was it was much more fun, I'm sure. Yeah, Nick actually yeah. showed me the suite where he sat last year by himself watching that game with the I, audience. No I can't crowd. imagine how weird so that must have been. There. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel for you. But I pulled up his passing chart. Yeah, It's the same. Like, there were a few more throws behind the line of scrimmage, but it's just a scatter shot of 12 to 18-yard plays. He threw it he threw it further than 20 yards twice in both games. He got intercepted this year, not last year. The one big shot he took was out of necessity to Michael Gallup last year. It's the way Brandon Staley wants to play. They were in too high all day. Mm-hmm. I, Brandon Staley's whole mode of business is I'm going to play back and dare you to be patient because I don't you're an alpha and I don't trust that you will do it Mm -hmm. you're going to get impatient and do something stupid and that's how we're going to get you and it was even better with the Rams because they had Aaron Donald and you can stop the run even when you're not committing to it didn't work for the Chargers yesterday. I think that was a big part of it. The Cowboys were like, Why? okay, we're going to run six yards of carry on your ass. Like, who cares? Yep. It, it, it didn't work that well against the Rams because they have better personnel. Um, so I, I thought Dak played within the confines of what the Chargers were willing to let him do. It's kind of ironic. I felt like 
the Chargers were trying to play keep away, which that's mm-hmm. kind of been the Cowboys. It slowed them down yeah. on offense. I mean, they had the ball three times after halftime. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah, um, I think you know the Chargers ran like forty plays in the second half. I bet I don't know the the Cowboys number, but I bet it's not more than twenty five or twenty six. Yeah, but that was also because in the first half. Cowboys were they were moving the ball really yeah. really well. The first two of the first three uh, possessions they got a touchdown, and I think that first drive was 15 plays, uh, total possession of 651, and then the, the the second touchdown was seven plays, 75 yards, 315. So they were they were not only eating up clock, but they were taking these long. You just finished saying they dared you to be patient. Well, the Cowboys are like, great, we'll be patient, and they just matriculated the ball down the field and scored touchdowns on two of those three possessions. And from the time. The game kind of settled into more of a. Oh, I'm not going to say rhythm. That game had no rhythm at yeah. all. Twenty freaking penalties. I, it was. Uh, it was gross at times. But um, I just. It just felt like the Chargers were like, all right, we need every possession to last eight minutes, and so bland call on first down, bland call on second down. Justin, get out there and bail us out on third down, and it worked way more often than you'd probably prefer. Yeah, um, especially on third and long. They they were not supposed to be converting at that rate, and at one point in the game. They had converted four of six third and ten plus uh, situations, and yeah. that's that's not something you should be seeing. No, on any NFL field. But I, I thought he played great within the confines, and that's. Can we make this a weekly thing? We've done it two for two, both games. Like last possession, Derek looks at me in the press box. He's like, "What's going to happen?" And I'm like. <laughs> Dak is going to lead them to field goal range. Yeah. There is no doubt in my mind about that. My big question was, can they kick this field goal and not leave Herbert any time? And it was way more of a cluster F than it should have been, but it worked out. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, to the next topic I have for you guys. Oh, actually talking on that Steel. one, we didn't talk about Terrence Steele. Uh, let's talk about Bosa. Bosa had three tackles on the day, no sacks, no quarterback hits. So how well does Steele play, and how much help did they give him? Mm-mm, no, we're not going there. I mean, he might have got a little bit of help, but not not more so than any other right tackle kind of gets. You sure about that? Yes. In the po- well, in the post game, McCarthy said we paid a ton of attention to him. And I haven't been able to go back and watch it to be able to see how much, but the way he made it sound was like we definitely made it a point that he was not going to just be left out there on an island. They, by I mean, they gave him some help. Zeke had some really nice chips. The tight ends helped. And also, again, going back to Dak playing within the confines, he was getting the ball out. I mean, it's very true. short yeah. routes, quick decisions. Same as the week before. You're a lot not, of that too. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to have these long, slow developing plays like we saw from Herbert. Um, but I think, I just, I don't want to take credit away from Terrence. Steele Agreed. Because Agreed. all week it was. Doom and gloom, and I'm not. I'm not saying that we believed in Terrence Steele, but people are just like, he's going to get Dak killed, yeah. and he was great. He was wonderful. He deserves some flowers. Yeah. He he was. <laughs> he deserves some flowers. I mean, he was. <laughs> you know, Zach Martin said after the game, he said there's some times where we have those center slide protections to the right, where you know I I get my guy and I kind of go and help him. And he goes, and most of the time he didn't even need he didn't need the help. I thought. Where we thought Terrence Steele was a lot more of an agile, athletic offensive tackle that could could handle, you know, Bosa's uh, athleticism, he actually overpowered him more with with his blocking. And mm-hmm. go back and look at that touchdown that Zeke had, the, the 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 Zeke touchdown. Where, I mean, that whole right side, it's Zach Martin, and let's also say Zach Martin played a phenomenal game. He who's did. who's surprised? No, not me, but. 
I mean, he, he played a masterful game. And I thought having him there just solidified everything. But Terrence Steele, Zach Martin on that touchdown run just really dominated. He did a nice job in the running game yeah. uh, as well. Yep. And, I, I mean, I, that was not in any way to take a slight at him I, because I think he played really well. By the way, there were a lot of times last year when they gave him help and it, it didn't yeah. turn out great. So I think he did his job yesterday. And, and that's a part of – Coaching the right way. Maybe the first time I've seen from the Cowboys in a long time. You know, you hear all the time that mantra, next man up. Like yesterday, they had a lot of people saying next man up. And by the way, and we're going to get into a lot of those other guys as well. But we saw a lot of guys actually taking that mantra seriously yesterday and actually being able to fill in in those roles and play at a higher higher level. I mean, everybody that was called on in that situation did something. Darren Steele was great. Cedric Wilson had that wonderful – I thought he might have scored if he would cut the other way on that. That was a heck of a run, though. Uh, Absolutely awesome. Micah Parsons did his thing. Um, We'll get to Jalen a little bit. They kind of mentioned him. I think there were a lot of guys yesterday that played well beyond what you may have thought of them, but they had to in order to get this team to where they uh, were going to get the win. Let's move on to the the, the next topic. Uh, The Charger defense allowed 124 rush yards in Week 1. And Dallas never really got their rush uh, established. Does Dallas take advantage of the run this week? That was the question going in. Obviously. We don't need to spend a ton of time on that. Right, but Tony Pollard goes 13 carries for 109 yards and a touchdown. Three catches for 31 yards. Then Zeke had 16 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. Two catches for 26 yards. My question for you guys is, what are your thoughts on the way they're sharing the the responsibilities? Because we even noticed in, in, in week one, this is not a situation where you got a, a series where you'll bring in Pollard and spell Zeke and then you're back to Zeke. Like they are really using these guys interchangeably at this point. What are your thoughts on on that that distribution of, of carries? I think it's absolutely wonderful. And it it's been baffling me to me forever that the Cowboys weren't better at it. Like you look at I mean it's been a few years at this point, but New Orleans would just rotate Kamara and Ingram. Mm-hmm. In on the same drive, on the yeah. same possession, you know, and get them both on the field. Maybe not. Maybe it's Ingram for two or three plays. Then Kamara, and then the Cowboys were always like, "Well, this is the Alfred Morris possession. Uh, <laughs> it's the third possession of the hat." Like, no, it's boring. Uh, Wasn't that the banana in the tail fight? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I just business dinner. I thought it was great that they that what they are doing with these guys is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and it it reminds me of the. Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin thing. Like, who's the starter? Like, who cares? They're both good. Tony Pollard's too good to be on the bench, as we see. And yeah. you should be encouraged as a Cowboy fan that it doesn't seem like the politics of contract size is getting in the way of that. I mean, it would be easy to say that Zeke needs to be on the field because he makes fifteen million dollars a year. And for some reason, I think there's some people that are offended by this. Like, well. Zeke needs to be touching the ball more because he makes one. No, whatever. Like that money's spent. Whatever. We can have that's a separate conversation. But in the season, when winning is all that matters, I just want good players on the field. So yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. I'm very encouraged well, that they don't seem to care either. Well, fans don't ever care that that you're that Dak made two million dollars a year going to the Pro Bowl as a quarterback, and no one cares that Tony Pollard's contract's one million a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it, is it even that much? He's I a think, fourth round pick. I think he's. I, I mean, I think he's got like a. Yeah, I mean, I think I think his his salary cap charge is about a million. I got you. His salary okay. might not be that. I got you. But yeah, overall, he's like a three million dollar guy for four. So you're years. getting a budget there. You get yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. You're you're getting. I, I thought I thought Zeke had a nice game too. He had a couple of runs. He had a run that was about to tweet out 
and then Dak threw a pick. But it was the eight-yard run right before that interception where it was, I mean, it was a really good vintage Zeke-type run. Everything going left, he looks back, sees a hole, cuts it back, puts his foot in the ground and gets good, you know, he got hit about four yards, but carried it till eight. I mean, I thought that was a very good Zeke type of run. And then the interception came. But um, he, I thought he had a he had a really good game too. But Pollard just on the edge, I mean, he, he, was, he was dynamic. It's one of the – I'm sick of it. It's such a huge cliche. We got to find a better there's, – there's another nickname out there besides Thunder and Lightning. There has to be because it's the only nickname anybody's ever been able to come up with over the last, like, 25 years. But it's kind of – Kind of what's happening here. I, I do think there is a value. Twenty-one twenty. Okay. What about twenty twenty-one? Oh, that's well, like that makes more sense. It does. Well, Zeke makes more money, so True. he should that's be the fair. starter. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's it's a nice combo. I actually I didn't hear this before the game, but I was talking to Brad Sham afterward. And I guess Staley again coached the Rams in Week One last year in that empty stadium. He was like. You can feel it from the sideline, like when Zeke is carrying the ball, just like the impact the, when he's just hammering people. And I do think that matters. Yeah, Tony Pollard is more explosive than he is. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. But again, these are not these are not bad things. These nice. are, these are good yeah. things. Twenty twenty one is good. That's the year they're in. I thought. The, uh, yeah. I, th- I just I think they go great in tandem, and I love that. Kellen Moore realizes that Tony Pollard is a guy who you know, needs to have his number. Called. I love the touchdown call, um, the sweep around, you know, the first touchdown uh, to Pollard where it was just, he was in motion and they just gave it to him. We thought later on there might be a fake mm-hmm. one and they would play off of that. But I, I love that, that play because their best player on defense, Joey Bosa, they didn't block him. They just said, I'm going to run. Full speed. I mean, it's basically an arena football type of play where the guy's going in full full speed, but he's just in motion, mm-hmm. and he's coming around the corner, and it's like we're not going to block Bosa. He's going to get up the field, and he's going to go one-on-one, and he's not even going to touch him yep. because he's, he doesn't have the momentum going his way. You know, it's just kind of weird when you think about it. You block him, you block him. Bosa will, won't even mess with him because Pollard will get around him, and he did. Yep. Yeah, I, I love what they're doing. I think it's really great, and I think it's going to serve them well as they get later in the season because they'll have two options there at running back so they can kind of interchange those guys. Or if you get an injury there, you still have somebody that you yeah. feel very comfortable No with. disrespect to Cedric Wilson. I thought he played a, a really good game. But I think going into the game, it was like you know the next man up. It was basically Pollard as that next playmaker. Do you think that was it, or do you think it was a game that, that this game plan called for just more runs? And so they were it, like, instead of having Zeke run 30 times, let's use them both interchangeably because we know we're going to run the ball a ton. Right, and, and, that, and that happened, and that's probably why it led to it. But I think they're, gonna, they're figuring out how to get Pollard involved. I yeah. do think they, when, they, when they're in the game plan meetings, especially in, in a week where Michael Gallup's not available, they're talking about Tony before they talk about Cedric. Like, yeah. we got to find touches for twenty. We'll figure it out for number one. Cedric's fine. He didn't. He, no, he had, that one you know, play where he was yeah. weaving through for a second it looked like he might break it all the way. Just the way he That's, had gotten through the line. If he had cut it left to the sideline, it's hard to ever say if you're going to score because everybody in the NFL is so fast. But he mm-hmm. had, there was another thirty yards of real estate there. Yeah, I mean, I'm 
not hating on the guy. It was, it was a great still play. a great play. Yeah. That's, that's the fun of having that kind of angled view from like we're almost in the end zone and you can see the lanes so much better than you do on the TV copy. On that, on or that. then you can see when you're actually on the field running with the ball. Like it's yeah. it's easy for us to say, well, if you'd cut back here, well, like yeah, it's a very like, different perspective. Um, that 300 pound freak was bearing down <laughs> right. on me. Did you right. not see that? Right. Okay. Sorry, Cedric. that's all I saw. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, the defense. Uh, here was the, the thought I had last week. Both starting defensive ends were presumably out. They were out. Uh, does Dallas find a way to get pressure? And how? Dallas did end up getting two sacks. Uh, but here was the interesting part for me. They had nine quarterback hits. They hit him a lot yesterday. Um, how did you think they did from a standpoint of just their pass rush and how much it could affect the game? I mean, uh, just in the cut-and-dry sense of how did they do, not very well. Yeah. But that's because they didn't have Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregor. I mean, they were down an absurd degree. You're down your best two guys. Uh, you're moving your, – your third best pass rusher is moving out of position – so, no, I mean, they didn't get an, enough pressure on them, but they weren't going to. That was the big storyline for the game. And, I mean, the fact that they – I think the fact that they were able to make his, make him as uncomfortable as they did uh, was a win given who they had available. Yeah, I, I think next week if Gregory comes back, you know, obviously Gregory and Dorrance Armstrong will probably be your starters. I do think, you know, you need to figure out, like, like Dave said, figure out different packages to get Parsons in there. Um I would imagine that Kamara will be up instead of Vanai. Um, you I think? Th- yeah, I th- I like not not just the play that we saw Kamara. It, the, Herbert got around him a little bit. He needs to he needed to take a different angle there. He could have really made a nice play on him, but he had a couple more rushes later in the game. Uh, Kamara did. Um, I didn't see Anai really doing a whole lot there, and I don't think Anai's this great run stopper. So. If you're gonna just get a guy in there to to to, to run and, and rush, Kamara will probably be that guy. But it's good to have Gregory back. I think they gotta figure out how to get Parsons to do a little bit of everything. But you know, they he, he had a lot of time. I thought the third down numbers would be a lot more when when I was looking at him. Five of twelve for forty one percent. I would have thought it was more about a sixty percent. It felt like seven of ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just every... The Cowboys were six of ten on yeah. third down. Well, they yeah. just were never on the field. I, I that I mean that was it was a maddening one. I have I like Justin Herbert a lot. I I'm I'm buying stock in his career. No doubt. He's a hell of a quarterback. Um and continuing on that conversation of the defense, Jalen Smith led the team with nine tackles. What did you think of his performance? Nick kind of alluded to it a little earlier, but what were your thoughts? He he played and I, you grade on a curve, right? Like for the the expectation, which is that, you know, everybody in the everybody hates him and he can't make any plays and he's always out of position. And he wasn't perfect by any stretch, but with all of that into consideration, I thought he played. I thought he played a really good game. Yeah, did you? I, I mean, he made a couple plays in space. There were a couple of plays. He had a tackle on Eckler. Mm-hmm. I was just in my head. I'm just like Jalen. You're not going to get there. Oh, oh okay. He, he made there. the tackle. And on one of them, he carried Eckler across the field. Yeah. And Eckler made the catch. Which, when you're going across field, there's a lot of times you expect they're going to make the catch because the defender is at a disadvantage in those situations. But I thought he stayed with him and actually made the tackle after the. Yeah. Catch. Made a, I, I was impressed. He had a pass breakup, and I think I don't know if he was doing the LeBron stomp or what that was. No, I'm serious because <laughs> yeah. LeBron was there. Yeah, he was. Who wasn't? Yeah, yeah for they, real. there was a ton of people there that uh, celebrity types. That was, un- I mean, yeah. 
Conor McGregor. But that's Los Angeles. I know. Right? I yeah. know. Like every NBA player. I mean, Post yeah. Malone was there, of course. Yeah. It was kind of weird that they put, uh, you know, the Chargers, you know, welcome Jamie Foxx. It's like, you know, he does our stuff. Jamie Foxx does whatever. <laughs> right. Cool. Thanks. Right. But, uh, you know, it's easy to talk about Jalen because he played and how did he do? And then Parsons is doing this and that. I mean, let's. Quietly, Leighton Vanderesh had a nice game too. I mean, yeah. seven tackles, two for loss, had a sack. I mean, it it worked out to do it this way to put Parsons here to rush. He got better as the game went on, and those guys were able to 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 you know man up there in the middle. I haven't seen Keanu Neal do a whole lot since he's he he actually had a play because I tweeted about it when he did, and I was like, these linebackers are actually playing really well. And I'm not talking at that point. I wasn't talking about Parsons. I was talking about the other three, and they all were making just these different plays that were just kind of catching your attention. And Neal had done something I forgot what it was, but he'd done something that was a, I thought was a, a, an outstanding play. But yeah, I think all three of the linebackers uh, I think did a really fine job yesterday. And again, that's one of the areas where they have depth. So now you're able to fill in a little bit with what mm-hmm. you're missing on the defensive line and use some of that depth at, uh, at linebacker and, as we will talk about a little bit later, maybe even at safety. Considering the circumstances they were up against, and they didn't, they didn't play wonderful. And I think it's worth pointing out, I mean, it goes both ways because the, the J. Ron Curse interception that got wiped out, was, that was BS. That was a terrible call. That was just run-of-the-mill contact. I, it should have stood. But at the same time, the Chargers had two touchdowns wiped out. And one of them looked like last year where, and that was what I was afraid of, Herbert got away from the rush and extended it. And he's like, ah, oh, 81's just standing down there on the five-yard line. Like that type of stuff makes yeah. you nervous. But it gets wiped out by a flag, so nobody really worries about it after the game. All of that considered, you know, they got picks. They made great play, Like they made plays in space. And they did not let Herbert's ability to extend plays kill them. I mean, he hurt him a couple times. Jeez, Louise, I almost said something else. The <laughs> throw that Herbert made across yeah. the hash and went and it went above Diggs's hand. The Keenan out. One yeah, yeah. of the most amazing throws yeah. I've ever seen. And it's easy to hate on Diggs for not making the play or not being in better position. Herbert might be the only quarterback in the NFL who can make that throw, honestly. It was, I, was yeah. I, I mean, he's a free. And so, again, all of that in consideration, didn't have a pass rush to speak of, not like you would prefer. They held up pretty well, Seven, yeah. 17 points, and picked him off and made life difficult for him. We're going to go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the safety position. We saw some some players step up there, and we got to obviously give a little love to, to Tavon, uh, Trayvon Diggs as well. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. 
That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. If you're at AT&T Stadium, you got to check out this new Miller Lighthouse. So you got yard games, Dallas Cowboys cheerleader performance. you got a lot of beer gardens out there. For more information, go to visit attstadium.com slash Miller Lighthouse. Miller Lighthouse, your tailgate just got jealous. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Morgan <laughs> Studios at the Star. Man, that's just it's just one of those mornings, man. It's Must have been an morning. important phone call. Well, it's it's, it's okay. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's the wife trying to figure out car stuff. So I don't want. I, it, okay. it happens. You you know, Nick. It happens. happens. It yeah. happens. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're in the final segment. We're talking about the things that happen in this game. We've talked about the defense. I didn't get to the secondary though, and I think the secondary was a an area where we saw for myself. I saw confirmation of things I thought during training camp, which are really, number one, I think Trayvon Diggs is the truth. I think he is going to be a very good cornerback for this team, the kind of cornerback you can put on the best uh, receiver from the other team, and he's not going to get beat up. And he's going to make some plays. And that interception he made I thought was phenomenal. But the second part to that is I think they've got a ton of depth at, depth at safety, more than they've had in a very, very long time. What do you guys think about the secondary industry? Well, I, I mean, Diggs has got one goal at this point individually, and that's to make the Pro Bowl. I mean, he's, that's the that's the track that he's on here. He, he gets interceptions. He's got two now and, and you know, two games. But more than anything, he's traveling with with great players. And, and Keenan Allen is a great player. Absolutely. And I thought that was, that was just an Outstanding, you know, matchup there, um, and and you know, give CD Lamb credit because they they worked Trayvon Diggs, and I mean, it was a he, he got all this kind of attention in training camp, and so you know he's he's going to get what we said it all the time is that this is preparing him for the for the season. So I thought Diggs did an outstanding job, and and they make plays on the ball, great catch, because he with a great catch, great play by. Uh, Curse. I mean, yeah. that was an outstanding play. Okay, penalty, fine, but to find the ball and get it, so they're making plays. That's what I like about it. I, I owe. I, I might owe Trayvon Diggs an apology. It's not like I didn't. I didn't think he wasn't good, but we talk about it all the time. Where I was like, I've I've been here before. You know, Byron Jones looked like an All Pro safety in 2017, and you just it, you watch the same thing over and over and over again, and you you're in this bubble of confirmation and it, things get twisted so i just i was 
in my head, I was like, let's see how Diggs does once the season starts. Like, is he as good as he looks, or is this another banana in the tailpipe? Clearly, I was incorrect. I mean, he, he's a stud. He looks fantastic Alabama out there. players can be tricky. Yeah, they if they're can. not first round picks, if the first round picks are typically in the pass rushers, and all those guys are great. But if you're not a first round pick at Alabama, especially a secondary guy, you're thinking, was he really that good, or just is he just playing with all these other great players mm-hmm. and great pass rushers and all that? Because you go back and look, I mean, across the league, the the, the Alabama players taking rounds two through seven, they're not as great. At all, I mean, it's a huge drop off, and I'm, I'm, of course, it is from the first round. But I'm saying they, they don't even fall through the cracks, you know. So he is actually performing like, like, like a first round pick, like a first round pick. Yeah. yeah. Which, so, and the other thing, so yeah, Trayvon, awesome. Which I, I looked, I just look. Keenan Allen had a hundred yards. Did not feel like it. Did not, <laughs> did not feel, did not like, feel it. like it at all. Which wow. I mean, that's a testament to I think how hard it is to hold that offense down. And yeah. he got and how hard, hard it is to hold him. He got He's an hard. enormous chunk of that on that one super extended play. You know, he caught the ball down by like the five yard line. Yeah, he had a forty two yard long. And I'm I'm not I'm not sold that this secondary is some incredible unit. I know I know they're not. I, they're not. Mm-hmm. But. I'm super encouraged and excited. And Nick just said it. They have ball skills. Like Diggs is both of Diggs's picks have been no no Cowboys DB in the last decades making that play. Even I said that last night to Todd Archer. We were on the same plane. I, and I was like, both of Diggs's picks, that's not happening. He was like, well, Diggs's first pick was just it was just a tipped screen pass. And I was like, yeah, and yeah. guys that were here five years ago would have done this thing for a couple of seconds. Fast at him. Yeah. Let it hit the ground yeah. and then they're pounding on the ground and doing push ups and right. The old hand clap. Diggs makes the play. Yeah. Yeah. J. Ron Kurt. Again, I don't want to throw out any I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but there are safeties that have been here in past years where the ball would pop up in the air and again, yeah, they kinda of bat at it and it hits the ground. Um now when that happens, it's Dorrance Armstrong. Right, yeah. Like the ball hit him. Because everybody's like, well, make the play, you know. But Okay, if you're a safety, that's one thing. Defensive end, I think he gets a pass. Yeah, you get a pass. Demonte Casey's, he had the most straightforward play. And that one might have been even more difficult because Herbert throws a freaking laser to a guy on another level. So it's even closer. Mm-hmm. You know he, he saw it. He had a quarter of a second to react to that and he goes up and snags it like a receiver yep and very then, impressive and then, in in the end zone by the way yeah. that's what made it such a great turn yeah. for going and then just the alert you know thinking of like oh let's get down he even said man i'm you know i thought man i could get out and, and no, make a play no, and then he was like no no it's important and, and that that helped them you yeah. know and so that's that's two and that's two games now six takeaways in two games i don't know if you keep this momentum up but if they can make plays like this, that translates, right? If you have the wherewithal to react like that and make the play, it gives me confidence that you can do it on a reliable basis. Maybe not six every two weeks, but reliably getting them instead of we're so used to the Cowboys defense going through stretches where it's like, well, it's been a month since they've had a takeaway. Yeah. I, I don't think that'll happen if these guys can can play with ball skills like that. So that's really encouraging. Um, and, yeah, by the way, I talked about this with Todd last night too. They had that. Remember, they had the rash of takeaways in December last mm-hmm. year. Brand, Brandon Allen, Nick Mullins, and Jalen Hurts. 
They got six takeaways against Brady and Herbert. Yep. The GOAT and one of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the league. So if they can do it against those guys, they should be able to do it against a lot of guys. Here comes yeah. Hurts. Here comes Darnold. Here comes Daniel, Daniel Jones. Bring Daniel Jones in here. <laughs> bring Come on. Bring I want, him to me. I mean, and then Mac Jones. I mean, you got Mac Jones with, with New England. I mean, yeah. you've got four games in a row now where, I mean, this is the stretch. We talked about it when the schedule comes out. Everybody probably put a split here, you know, right? And then it's like this is where you've got to hit it right here. Yeah, I mean, you you've got to win these four games if you really want to be that kind of team. Now, yes, they they can lose a game and they'll be fine and all that, but I mean, because two of them are division home games, got to win that. And I think they can beat New England. I'm not trying to get ahead. I'm just saying this is a stretch where you know you can go one and one. They could be five and one, and I'm not trying to be that guy. That you're they, being that guy. Well, right but, now. but 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 <laughs> you, we've seen it, and I and I wrote this last night. Moral victories. This is why we talk about moral victories because it helped their morale. It builds confidence. It yeah. built confidence. They they figured out how to win even when they didn't. They said we can re- rely on all these people. We can. Our defense can make plays. Our kicker can make a kick at the end of a game. We can go into a road place and we can win and we can beat. A, a, you know they didn't, but it it led them to this. I think they they won this game. It all started in Tampa. And let's not forget this, and I, this is what my column was last night. You can't get a crazier week than the Cowboys had last week on the field. I mean, or at practice. I mean, there was more injuries in practice than in the movie The Program where they're, like, hitting each other Oklahoma drill. I mean, Leon Lett gets hurt. I mean, uh, Ty and Secchi goes, goes to the yeah. hospital. goes to the hospital. I mean, Demonte Kazee and Osiris Mitchell—they they run into each other. Mitchell's out, Mitchell's now out six yeah. weeks, and he yeah. got, he got hurt, and you know at least he came back. I mean, you know, it's I mean Gregory's out, and oh, COVID, Demarcus yeah. Lawrence gets hurt in practice too. Yeah. Like all these things happen, and they were able to come here and and get that win. And I'm sitting here thinking how much time we have. Left here because we do need to talk about the final. I'm gonna like well, that. That's next up. I know. Okay. Okay. As soon as y'all, that's finished. I'm done. Whatever you Derek, say. Here. Derek is Derek's a very like checkbox guy. Like yeah. I'm Which, very organized when it comes to this show. I, I have to be. I I probably would have started with the final drive. No, and actually we me, saved that to the last part because I knew I wanted to dive into let's this. Go. So so talk me through that that last sequence. What happened there? Obviously, there are a ton of people out there that are like he completely missed. Talking about McCarthy, completely mismanaged that last. I guess it would have been thirty-three seconds or so. What actually happened, and and what do you believe was the issue, or was it just a circumstance that that just kind of got him there? I take out the word completely, and then I'm good with that. Okay, I think he mismanaged it. Completely mismanaged it. Nah, because they got a field goal, and he trusted the guy to make it, but. But I think it was mismanaged because you should have got another play there. Um, but I can speak from experience. I was standing not too far from there, and I saw that the light that the that the, the he was looking explain, up. Yeah, explain okay. what McCarthy said first, so people okay. kind of know that. But go ahead. Okay, so it's second down, and they they run the ball to to Pollard uh, with about thirty three seconds to go. Now it's third and three, and they're looking him and Kellen Moore are looking straight ahead at a video board that's been there all game that has the clock and it has the down and distance, and it went out. Straight went out. Like, went black. Went black. It, okay. it wasn't like a Chargers, you know, third down, but yeah. all that, which yeah. they used to do that, and then they, they, the NFLs stopped that on those boards. 
But now they're looking around, and you know they haven't found that second clock. You know, because Dak is looking at a clock; he's got it. So then they, I think they they panicked a little bit. Also, Tony Pollard went, came off the field, and he wasn't supposed to. So that messed up their play because they had two plays called. Yep. So now they're just kind of in, in scramble mode, and then they get to that 17 seconds is when they said is the threshold for you know running a a, a play. And then with no timeouts, with no timeouts, yeah. but they did have one. I personally, when all that happened, I would call a timeout with about 28 seconds. I'm ta- talking my last, take my last timeout, and you know I'm gonna try to get a first down. I'm probably gonna throw it. Yeah, that's the tough know. part because if you only got one timeout, then now on that next play, third and three, it either needs to be an incompletion or it needs to be a play that can get you out of bounds. The likelihood that you're going to be able to get up there. And be able to get your 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 kicking unit on the field like that. That's going to be yeah. If tough. you run run and get a first down, you get up there, get up there, spike it. But if you don't get a first down, right. now you're rushing everyone up there to kick a fifty four yard. Yeah, field. you're rushing to train change units. So that might have been a bit tough. I'm just I'm I'm and I I get the clock thing. Which although I was joking with you before the show. I, I mean, there, there's a clock in the end zone. Dak's been looking at it all day, and that's what Dak said. He was like, "I just thought they trusted Zerline. Like I knew what I knew exactly what was going on. I'm looking at the clock under the goalpost, and I'm well aware of everything. I just thought they were fine with the field goal, and I'm just like, well." Everybody knows that that clock's down there. Can't you just like look to your left and see what it says? Uh, well, that's easy to say. I, I will say that. I will say this though: if you also are dealing with why is Pollard coming off the field? Pollard, well, you're supposed to be going back on so, the field. Where's my yeah. clock? Oh God! So, well, you know, there's well, a lot going on. I mean, that 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 is a criminal level of disorganization. I I mean, True. regardless of the clock, and that that's the thing that bothers me is, uh, yeah, you you have two plays called in that situation. You should be a play ahead of the of the down, and. Whether it's coaching miscommunication or is it just purely on Tony, I don't know. But whoever, you can't do that in the yeah, NFL. Yeah. Tony's got to know. The coaches have to know. They ran. He ran the ball with 33 seconds left on the clock. And it wasn't even – it was just a straight run. Everybody in the building knew the clock was going to run when it was over. And, like, nobody on the Cowboys seemed like they knew what to do in that situation. And I get all of these variables that were in the way, but just, I mean, Dak, call the play. You know, somebody but, somebody do something. You know, what's weird about that is that when I asked a couple of players after the game, Pollard included, maybe also Zach Martin, they say, you know, we practiced this, that, that four-minute sequence more than anything. And I was like... Ooh, yeah, really. <laughs> like <laughs> that was the part where I'm like, yeah, coach has to have. I know that there were other things involved, but there's some culpability with the coach in those situations because if they practice that a lot, then maybe they should have practiced it a little bit more because there was still this. At least from from Tony's standpoint, Tony didn't know where he was supposed to be. Right? I was I was so proud of the way that they played it. We talked about this. I was like, they the kick needs to be the last thing that happens in this game, right. and they play they slow played it so well, like. They ran 11 freaking plays. I think they only ran – they started with – I think they had 358 when they took the ball. They only ran like two or three plays up until the two-minute warning. They were deliberately trying to just bleed the clock out. Yeah. They throw the Jason Witten out route to Cedric Wilson. It's exactly what it was. Made me laugh. And I was like, this is amazing. This they're They're doing it. They're doing what a smart team should be doing. And then the bottom just dropped out. It worked out. So I mean, obviously, we would have done a half hour on this if it yeah. hadn't worked out. But it just 
It shouldn't. It shouldn't be that sloppy in the NFL. It just shouldn't be. And I get that the clock went out, but figure it out. What do you guys think of it? I didn't love the play call that preceded it uh, with the end around to Pollard, and and the reason why was because I think if you're going to run that play, then you tell Pollard, look, the important thing here is get to the outside because if we're going to do this. We want to give you the ability to be able to run out of bounds because if they would have been able to get him out of bounds in that situation, you're in a better situation from the standpoint of the clock and managing the clock from there. I just, I just, I, I would have rathered a, a pass play in that kind of situation rather than that because he gets tackled in the middle of the field, and I think that's what puts you in the position in the first place. Well, that sounds good about getting to the outside, but sometimes these players to get outside, you have to give up a little bit to get there, and. The worst thing that could have happened is, is give up more yards. You know, you got to go. But did you question, like, he cut back in, and I, I think it was Dave that, like, somebody that was sitting beside me was like, I think we both at the same time were like, why did he cut back in? Like, he had more real estate, and he could run, outrun those guys to the outside. I, 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 I need to watch this. I, I, I woke up two hours ago, but I need to rewatch <laughs> the game. But. It reminded me. Wait, wait, let's let's be clear. You went to bed three hours ago. Right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I woke up an hour and a half. Ago. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. You, you took the red eye last night, yeah. so it's not like you know you've you've had like an hour of sleep, maybe. Um. But it rem- in the moment it reminded me of the option play from week one. I felt like whoever was blocking on the boundary kind of lost contain, and that's it's a double edged sword. I love Kellen's aggression. Because if if they had gotten a block on the outside, I think you're right. I think Tony could turn that guy on the corner and probably get 15 yards. And yeah. all of a sudden, this is a very manageable field goal. And Kellen Moore looks like a genius. But yeah. you don't get the block. And even if they don't have the mess with the clock, you're still on the edge of field goal range. Yeah. Um, I think. I mean, that's that's just football. Is the, it could have been the most amazing play call, but you don't get one block, and so it doesn't look that great in retrospect. Yeah, I don't know. It was. A, it was just. I, I think the whole sequence was a little bit baffling for me, but it worked out for me. And you're right. That could have gone really wrong, and that'd be what we're talking about today. Now they wouldn't lose a game on that. They would go to overtime, but uh, that's that's kind of part of the problem here. Is I, I think that there are a lot of people looking at this and saying this isn't the first time there have been situations where you question the decisions from, coming from the coaches. And is this going to be an ongoing trend where against a better team, you may not have the benefit of a win? It goes yeah. back to the thing of I'm, I, I, haven't, well, I haven't seen what Mike McCarthy provides on game day yet, you know, just in terms of like that's his specialty. That's what he did. And that, I mean, we said the same thing about Jason Garrett for years. Like, yeah. I'm not sure what he brings to game day that makes him better than the other team's coach. Uh, and th- this is a latest example. They got away well, with it, but it's well, not inspiring. And two weeks in a row, that they've also been bailed out right before halftime where they've made decisions hmm. that that could have cost them some points. I mean, I don't know why you're rushing the punt there yeah. to try to block oh, it. shoot. I, then, we didn't even get to that. Yeah. yeah. You know? And actually, I was going to talk about that tomorrow because I want to do a, a little bit of a bit deeper dive into just special teams and and how it's been coordinated. This goes back to last year. This has been a situation where there have been some questionable calls and and who's really making these calls and allowing them to happen. At some point, head coach, if the special teams coordinator is a little more aggressive than you want, at some point you got to step in and be like, all right, slow this down a bit, and that doesn't seem to be happening. So it reminds me of onside kicks, and I know they changed the rule a little bit to make it easier to recover an onside kick, but like – the the way they've changed the rules to make the game more safe 
have made onside kicks like incredibly hard to recover. And it's the same thing with blocking a punt. Like they're gonna throw the flag if you if the punter gets breathed on. They just are. It, it, it's like um, it's like the old catch rule. Like did Des catch it? Of course. But the minute that they saw that it looked like he didn't have possession, there's just there's landmarks that referees look for because like, the game moves so like fast. Targeting. Right, yeah, <laughs> Which, too, and yeah. it leads to a lot of bad calls. I get yeah, that. Yeah. The Cowboys didn't technically do anything wrong. They Their guy got, I think it was Kamara, got pulled into the punter. I understand that. Guess what? All the ref sees is the punter's foot go above his head, and he's like, flag, yeah. you hit the punter, sorry about it. And my point is, you might not like it, but what what is the risk versus the reward? The risk is like at least 50% that you're going to draw a flag, and the reward is like a two percent chance that you block the punt like how often do you see block punts in the nfl now one thing to note i did hear this this morning did happen in week one between pittsburgh and buffalo and but well, I mean, well the charges have i want to say that that they said the chargers have been the they have had the most punts blocked all last year of any team in the nfl so you may go into that game thinking there are opportunities here again not saying that that was the right situation for them to go for that but that could have been something that factored into their decision. And I'm, I'm sure it was. And I'm sure John will say that when he talks to the media later today. Yep. Um, it, I don't know. It just, risk versus reward just doesn't, doesn't seem like it clicks for me. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to get a little bigger picture look at this team and around the NFC East. We'll also talk about the coordinators. I want to talk about uh, what they're doing right now. We've been seeing a lot of good things from the offensive and defensive coordinators for sure. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Till then, for Nick Eatman and Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!